This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Podcast. I am your host, PWI senior writer Al Castle, back once again. Hope everybody's doing well. In a moment, I will be joined by my co-host, fellow senior writer, uh, Dan Murphy. We got a lot to talk about this week. We are, uh, I guess, uh, just under two weeks away from WrestleMania 35 here in my area, MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, and the card is shaping up, and we're going to talk about it, what uh, the new additions to the card uh, are our thoughts on them and kind of an overview of you know how how good or not a job WWE has done in building up um, this year's show and also doing a little kind of uh, comparisons uh, against some WrestleManias of the past. Um, so a fun discussion as always. Uh, and then after that, uh, later on in the show, we're going to be joined by Impact Wrestling superstar. Eddie Edwards, uh, he's a former uh, Impact or TNA uh, heavyweight champion, a former heavyweight champion in Ring of Honor, uh, been around the business a long time, obviously a former member of the American Wolves with Davey Richards, and uh, Impact has got uh, a few big shows coming up, including as part of WrestleMania week. They've got uh, United We Stand uh, happening in Rahway, New Jersey, a couple days before WrestleMania, and they have got a pay-per-view coming up um, later in April uh, from Ontario, Canada. It is called Rebellion, I believe. Is that right? Um, and uh, we talk about all of that and uh, everything else going on in his career. And, and, and it's been an interesting year or so uh, for him. We talk about that kind of going back to, I guess, around this time uh, last year when he had that incident with the uh, the baseball bat. Um, and uh, that really sort of shaped his next year. He He's uh, taken on more of a hardcore style. Uh, a little bit of a throwback to kind of the, that ECW era, and we talk a bit about, um, you know, how relevant that is today. We talk a bit about life on the road. He's on the road these days with his wife, um, so uh, a lot to cover, a fun conversation. We also talk about uh, Boston and uh, my favorite TV show of all time, Cheers. So, um, again, a fun discussion. I enjoy talking to Eddie. We'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, right now, let me tell you about the latest issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I got mine in my mailbox earlier this week. If you were a digital subscriber, you could have had this weeks ago. It is the June 2019 issue. It's got Daniel Bryan on the cover. And we asked the question, is Daniel Bryan destroying his legacy? Um, it is a feature put together by uh, the most senior of senior writers at PWI, uh, Harry Burkett, a, a fun look at um, what's been going on with the WWE champion as of late. It looks like he's going to have a big match at WrestleMania in a few weeks, um, although I guess it's not official who it will be against. All signs are, are pointing Kofi Kingston, and certainly I think that's the fans' choice. Uh, but we talk about, about uh, this change we've seen in Daniel Bryan. Um, in the last several months, uh, so a fun feature. Uh, Dan has got his annual PWI report card um, looking at the careers of uh, dozens of names in pro wrestling. Let's see how many there are all together. I'm not sure. Um, and giving them a, uh, a score, how they've been doing uh, as of late. So who are the uh, A-plus player, the B-plus player, which is, I guess, what, what they're calling uh, Kofi Kingston these days. You can see for yourself whether we think he's a B-plus player. Um, and uh, a lot more. And I've got my uh, feature on WrestleMania that we do uh, every year. Uh, we call it our WrestleMania 35, and it is uh, kind of 35 of uh, uh, not lists, but but we look at the best of WrestleMania uh, in 35 different uh, categories. Um, everything. Let me pull this up here. See, I'm not lying. You can hear the magazine pages flipping, can't you? Here we go. We got everything from. The best Hall of Fame class to the best tag team title match, the best venue, the best battle royal, the best aerial match, the best WrestleMania promo or angle, the best announced team, the best upset, so much. So, so 35 different categories here and uh, some honorable mentions in each of them. So a fun look. I had a lot of fun putting this together. I hope you'll have uh, fun reading it. Uh, you know, these these evergreen WrestleMania pieces we do are uh, a lot of fun when you're sitting down and watching the show. Uh, pass the magazine around among your friends there and um, hopefully have a, a fun conversation looking back on 35 years 
uh, of WrestleMania. Uh, there's a lot more in this issue, and what you want to do is go to, uh, and I missed the big one, uh, uh, Becky Lynch, who was, uh, we, we heard from on our last podcast, our uh, Dan's uh, hot seat interview with her. Uh, the contents are here in the magazine, um, so that's a big one for sure. She looks to be headlining uh, this year's uh, WrestleMania, so if you want to get her thoughts, if you didn't listen to the podcast last week, you can go to the archives or um, go ahead and pick up the issue and read all about, about it, so a big get for us. And as I was saying, uh, the place to go is pwi-online.com. You can order the print issue, have it sent to your mailbox, subscribe, and have several uh, sent to your ma- mailbox, or you can uh, pick up the one digital edition or subscribe to digital edition. And uh, I was just reading the the ad for that in here, and it really is a fantastic deal. Uh, I think um, if you subscribe to digital edition, each uh, issue comes out to, is it $2.50? I mean, that kind of blew my mind. That's what I was paying for this magazine maybe more than that, 25, 30 years ago. So a fantastic value um, for sure. And uh, the other cool thing about the uh, digital edition is that um, there's all kinds of features for your device. There's a mobile edition that is customized for uh, your phone, your mobile device. Um, uh, Zinio's got us covered on the digital edition that you can pull up on your desktop, your laptop. Uh, We incorporate video into uh, the stories. Um, tons of stuff. It comes out a lot earlier. As I mentioned, you could have had this issue uh, in front of you uh, weeks ago if you were a digital subscriber. And, uh, you know, the, 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 the ad in here is a lot of fun. It talks about all the, the pluses. And one of them is that they don't take up closet space. And having recently unearthed uh, about 15 boxes of magazines, um, I definitely see the advantage of, of that. Uh, so, uh, again, pwi-online.com. Uh, go there. Pick up the one issue uh, or subscribe uh, for a deeper savings. Um, also, uh, while you have got the computer open, uh, we got a new ad here in the back of the magazine that is uh, a lot of fun. Kind of will take you back, uh, showing you an old cover of PWI, uh, one of our uh, Achievement Awards issues from 1985. And you've got Hogan, Flair, and the Road Warriors on the cover, all wearing their iconic Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, t-shirt, uh, red with the white logo. And for years and years, we've heard about um, fans wishing that these would come back, and they are back. And you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com and order yours. I got one for me. I got for both of my kids. We, we plan on wearing them over WrestleMania uh, weekend at, at all the festivities. Um, and if you want yours, uh, go there now and, and order them. Uh, you know, Again, really kind of a, a classic wrestling t-shirt from the 80s and the 90s, and I'm very happy to, to see this back. This is something that I know a lot of the guys in the magazines, uh, me, Dan, and some of the others, have been pushing for this for a while, so glad to see it uh, finally done. Um, and um, you can uh, subscribe to this podcast on um, iTunes uh, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can visit our friends at Podbean and listen to us directly there, stream it at pwi-online.com, and kindly leave us a uh, nice review. We would certainly appreciate it. You can also follow us on Twitter, at OfficialPWI. Uh, uh, you could send us an email uh, here at pwi at um, Any of your questions, thoughts uh, on the magazine, on the podcast, whatever else, uh, send it there. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook. We're trying to do as much as we can these days in, in uh, kind of the digital realm. So we very much appreciate your support. All right. Right now, uh, joined, uh, as always, by my co-host, Dan Murphy. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, just uh, getting uh, in the mood for WrestleMania. So uh, it's, it's definitely on the mind and looking forward to talking about it. Yes. So um, uh, as I was telling you before we uh, got in the air here, I expect we'll probably get one more show before WrestleMania, where we will do uh, official predictions and kind of go over the whole card. But, but did want to talk a little bit more about how the, the card has shaped up since we've last uh, spoken. Um, it's mostly uh, all together. I guess there's a couple of, of you know, I's to dot and T's to cross. We officially still don't know what they're doing with Kofi Kingston, although I think we can uh, safely – uh, assume that he's going to be in that world title match with Daniel Bryan, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's some kind of triple threat with Kevin Owens remains to be seen. Um, and we, uh, what do we know now? Uh, we know uh, Roman Reigns is back in. He's, Braun Strowman is in um, the, the 20-man battle royal. We know that Samoa Joe is going to be taking on Rey Mysterio for the U.S. title. Uh, we It looks like we're going to have a women's tag team match, probably some kind of multi-tag matches, uh, tag match 
It seems to be a lot of that as they try to squeeze as many people uh, onto the card. Um, as kind of an overview taking shape, you know, where where do you put it on a scale of one to ten? What this card looks like. Well, I mean, in terms of a number, I mean, it's just such a bloated card. I mean, they're they're trying to get everybody on the show, plus bringing in Batista and Beth Phoenix and and these special attractions and the, the battle royals and the multiple people matches and the women's tag with whoever can be in there. Uh, so it, it's just too much. Um, I saw maybe a week ago uh, online somebody posted their predictions of the WrestleMania card, and counting the pre-show, I think they had 17 matches. And I don't, think right. it's gonna be, I don't think it's going to be quite as many, but it's going to be pretty close. Um, I, I mean, in terms of the build and some of the intriguing matches, I'd give it maybe a 7 out of 10 if I had to. But, you know... In my opinion, the perfect wrestling show should be eight matches for a big WrestleMania, maybe ten. And, and anything beyond that is just overkill, especially at WrestleMania in 2018, 2019, where your typical big featured matches all go 20-plus minutes. Uh, the WrestleManias back in the 80s and, and so on, you know, most of the matches on the show were six or seven minutes. So you can do 12 matches on the show and still get it all done within three and a half hours. Uh, this, with all of the hype packages and everything else, we could be looking at an eight-hour pay-per-view, and I think that's actually a fairly conservative estimate. Oh, my God. I mean, me uh, planning on being there and knowing what, you know, a Sunday in April can look like in New York, it could get, you know, into the 40s. Uh, I am not looking forward to – I'm counting on it being at least seven hours, and uh, as you said, I, I'm wondering if it gets closer to eight with uh, as much as they're planning – uh, I, I've got the card in front of me uh, now. And, again, it, it not being completed, um, they've added AJ Styles and Randy Orton, um, which I expect will be a fine match and, and probably one that will need some time. I mean, that's the kind of match that I think you got to give at least 12 to 15 minutes. Shane McMahon and The Miz, uh, another grudge match that is going to take some time. Kurt Angle and, and Baron Corbin is official for now. There seems to be a lot of speculation about whether they're, they're serious about that match whether they're going to uh, change it up. I mean, they, the announcers have been so vocal in acknowledging how uh, how much fans um, are, are not interested in seeing this match and uh, that you wonder if there's going to be some kind of monkey wrench thrown into it. Um, what else? Asuka uh, is, is going to have a match. Her, her calendar um, has not been determined. I think there's some kind of multi-way match next week on SmackDown to figure it out. So, yeah, I mean, that gets you – probably to about 15 matches, uh, maybe 12 to 15. You say uh, a seven. I don't even think I'm that high. I mean, I, I think they're, um, you know, a, 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 a saying you hear a lot in, in MMA, styles make fights, right? And the flip side of that is, you know, bad styles or bad chemistry can make for a bad match. And I worry that there's a lot of that here. I mean, I think of Batista and Triple H, ugh. I, don't, I think that that might not be real pretty. Even Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar, I think there are guys whose styles might kind of cancel each other out, like um, AJ Styles and Randy Orton. I wonder. So I think there's a potential here for uh, a lot of disappointing matches. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there there certainly can in terms of the the one on one matchups, and, and like you said, you know. Uh, I mean, I think Rollins versus Lesnar is good because Rollins is a workhorse and, and Lesnar always brings his A game. And I love Brock Lesnar matches. I mean, even if they're short, even if they're one-sided, there's a spectacle to them that I, I think makes them different than everyone else in WWE right now. Um, but so I, I think that'll be fine. I think it'll be good. Uh, but there is also that idea. You, you mentioned it before talking about, I think, Miz and, and Shane um, and, and Samoa Joe against uh, Rey Mysterio that these matches need a certain amount of time. And I think that is the perception that, you know, people feel like if they get a shorter match, a match that doesn't go 12, 14 minutes, that, that the guy's got gypped of time. And when you have that, then it, it's kind of like, it kind of one of my uh, old, you know, things I didn't like about Ring of Honor was every match on the show seemed to go 20 minutes and just full of false finishes and everything else. And it's great. Each individual match is good, but it's a, damn nightmare to try to go through an entire card because it just goes on all night and if you 
double that with a WrestleMania, it, you know, it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, you look at the great WrestleMania, not great WrestleMania, but you look at memorable WrestleManias from a previous era. There were the little one-sided squash matches, uh, Bobby Heenan uh, against the Red Rooster, or the Bolsheviks against the Powers of Pain or the Heart Foundation, or these, these little matches that were two or three minutes, and, and that was it, and it, it purposely brought the card down and got guys out there, and, and they got a little character stuff, and, and then they moved on. And when you just do one big-time match, and then you throw to the announcers hyping and a, a, a big promo package and then do a 15-minute match, and then do another. Number one, nothing stands out as particularly memorable because everything has been built up so much. It's just overkill. And number two, it, it gets to the point where at the two, two-and-a-half-hour mark, especially a New York audience, I think they're really going to be tempted to be, you know, hey, this has gotten really dull. I mean, I can see yeah. the, the beach balls being batted around or just an, an audience sitting on their hands because they're on their cell phones, you know, reading Twitter instead of watching the show. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I was there last time they were in town, uh, last twenty nine, and uh, I, I thought the crowd was, was pretty good, but I remember, and I think it's got to do with, you know, it being an outdoor stadium and just the acoustics, that wasn't really conveyed. Um, so, so if you watch back on that show, it sounds like the, the crowd's dead for a lot of it. So you, you mix that in there, and that show maybe was four or five hours. Um, so, yeah, you, you – add a few hours on top of that. If you get some bad weather, bad acoustics, uh, you know, as you touched on the kind of cynical Northeast New York fan, uh, this could be not pretty. And then there's a few other things in there that I, that I don't think help the show at all and maybe take away from it. Um, stuff like um, this Elias concert. I mean, what, what's this going to be? Alexa Bliss hosting it. Um, this deal with the, um, the, the correspondence from Saturday Night Live, I don't know. Uh, I I, uh, I got kind of an uneasy feeling about this. And and the, the shame of it is that, again, I think this, this main event with the women could be really something special. But we've seen time and again that um, even a strong match headlining what's been a really, uh, uh, not necessarily a bad show, but a show that, that has a lot to get through, it doesn't do them many favors, right? I mean, the, the point is, this woman might go in to the ring uh, with a crowd that is just burnt out, ready to go home. I think back to um, was Undertaker and, Triple, and uh, Roman Reigns a couple of years ago uh, in uh, Orlando. Yep. That crowd was dead uh, for that match, um, just because they, they it was enough. Everybody was looking at their, their watches by then. Um, so it, it'll be a real disservice to those women and, and such a special historical event as having women headline WrestleMania if um, they just kill off the crowd before they get into the ring. But maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. I mean, who knows? Maybe this, this thing might be just an absolute fantastic knock your socks off um, beginning to end. Um, I'm not counting on it. Um, you you touched on uh, WrestleMania of the past, and, and yeah, I mean, these things used to fit on a um, an SP video cassette, and granted, they do some editing, but basically, these events were probably the two to three hour range, um, way back when, maybe seven eight matches. And, and another thing that that was different back then, uh, and I've got mixed feelings about this one, is they didn't feel the need to get everybody on the show, right? So this showcased the biggest matches and the biggest stars, and unfortunately, some some people were left off, and in some cases, some pretty big stars were left off. Um, I, I can think over the years, you know, WrestleMania three. I remember Kamala was with the company at the time. He didn't make it. Paul Orndorff was with the company, didn't make it up the show. Guys like Demolition weren't weren't on that show. Um, what what do you think? I mean, do you, do you understand uh, the, the the need or or, or the, the feeling of of having to get everybody on, um, or do you think the reality is? I mean, in terms of of entertainment value, it's best if some people are left off. It's some people should be left off. I mean, you don't. Uh, it's like well, entertainment value is one thing. The other thing is, I mean, you can't put everybody in the All Star game. I mean, WrestleMania is the the stage of the Immortals, whatever you want to call it. It's it's the pinnacle event, and the roster is as big now as it's ever been. Um, plus, they have good ties with a lot of alumni, uh, people like Batista and Beth Phoenix, that I mentioned, and part timers like. Uh, you know, who knows with John Cena, who knows, obviously Triple H is already on the card. So you, you're already taking those people. You have an entire developmental system. 
a multifaceted developmental system where you also have NXT UK and, and so on, if you really want to go down that way. You have the entire cruiserweight division, which can carry its own show that, that needs some kind of representation, if not everybody. It, it's a huge, huge roster. And the idea of putting everybody on the show, it's, um, it's kind of grandstanding. The, the, the point should be to put on a show for the fans, for the paying audience to give them a really good show to, you know, go on and do a Woodstock and, and do it all in one day and just try to put every band that can get there on the, the, the bill. Um, it's just overkill and, and it waters down the show. It's, it's just too much. Um, yeah. yeah and, and, and it's not to slight anybody who's currently on the roster. I mean, everybody obviously wants to make it to WrestleMania and sometimes you can bust your ass and, and you don't get a spot that's just the nature of the beast with wrestling. You know, it's not on those guys. It's not their fault that they're not selected. It's just that there's a limited number of spots. And if you didn't get it at WrestleMania, there's WrestleMania weekend. There's the NXT takeover. There's raw, there's SmackDown. There's room for everybody over the course of the weekend. It just doesn't necessarily have to be a eight hour mega event. That's going to burn out the audience. And there's the, the two battle Royals, the, the men's and now the women's, which I think are it was a good addition a few years ago. And it's a way to get as many people on as, as possible. That's a payday and um, not, you know, uh, kind of overdo it with too many uh, matches. So I think that's fine. But, you know, when, when you start seeing what looks like it might be a, a four-way women's tag team match, that's the kind of thing that just feels bloated. It's like, all right, look, some of these people can't be or, or shouldn't be on the show. I mean, you, you can't get everybody on. And I remember last year there was a – was it a five-man U.S. title match? I bet you didn't even remember that match. Or, or no, not at all. It, it, <laughs> yeah. it becomes so it becomes so forgettable. It's not it's not you know uh, memorable, or not worthy to remember. But yeah. you also mentioned, and this is a big historical thing: the big WrestleMania payday. Uh, WrestleMania was always the biggest paycheck for everybody, and everybody wants to get on the card because it's their biggest check of the year. And I'm sure that's still the case, but. If you look at WrestleMania, it used to be pay-per-view, fifty-nine ninety-five, forty-nine ninety-five, whatever the the, the the tier was. Now it's part of the network. You eliminate all of that pay-per-view revenue. Yes, it is a main driver for the network, so it, you're taking something out of that bucket. So it is a big money maker, but you eliminate all of that pay-per-view revenue, and you've got the house there that's already going to sell out regardless of who's on the show, really, because it is WrestleMania. And it used to be, say, you'd have, I think, 35 people on the show, which is a really packed show to begin with. Between the Battle Royals and everything else, you got to be close to, like, 80 people on the show this year, probably more. So yeah. if there's 80 people on the show and the overall revenue silo is that much smaller because there's not the pay-per-view revenue, really how big is this big WrestleMania payday? I mean, I'm sure it's, it's, it's substantial, but certainly not enough to warrant, you know, hey, everybody has to be on the show because it's going to change their quality of life if they miss this one booking. Yeah, it, it does feel like WrestleMania uh, these days, the last few years, has become less about the business it does on, on that night or even that weekend and more just about branding, right? Because by giving away all that, that pay-per-view revenue, I mean, most people probably watch this thing for free, which is unthinkable. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and yeah, you've got the gate and you've got, and certainly, you know, the average ticket price is pretty high, but uh, I don't think that's enough to make up for, you know, if you go to one of these WrestleManias um, and, and you, you see the production value, uh, I can imagine what it costs to put one of these on and they fly in, you know, everybody and everybody's family and they put them up for a week at a time. And um, so the money going out the door, has got to be astronomical and um, where it's coming back in. You know, I'm sure they sell a ton of merch. Again, the tickets, network subscriptions, the, the revenue is there, but but as a, a piece of the pie, yeah, I, I think it, it's probably a lot less significant than um, it was years ago. Um, yeah, the big, the bigger payout may now the bigger payout may out, uh, payout may now be with the crown jewel events. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a huge expense on those as well, but they're paid shows, and yeah. it, you know that may be a, a bigger pay for the wrestlers. Yeah, you wonder if, if um, maybe that ends up being the model. You know, I've always wondered, and maybe this is the future, you know, with, with the Fox deal, whether we get in a few years WrestleMania on Fox, um, which I think would be a really good idea. For one, I'm sure they're not going to, you know, 
uh, commit seven hours to it on, on um, but but if, if they could cut a deal with with Fox or, or whoever with a major network to basically pay for the show, um, that'd be great. You know, that'd be revenue in their pocket, and I'm sure would do huge ratings on on network television. So maybe that's um, that's down the line. I've also wondered if it doesn't just make sense for them to to put it back on pay per view. You know, I mean, what, would the network subscriptions take that much of a hit um, if you offered everything? But WrestleMania, or even everything but, you know, I, I heard somebody talk about this earlier today. I mean, um, I, I think you could take WrestleMania and SummerSlam and the Royal Bumble and all those, the big shows, off of the network, and, and the network would take a hit. But um, it would probably be more than made up for in what they can make off of pay-per-view. And, um, you know, I wonder if that discussion gets brought up again because another story came up in the news this, this week was UFC pulling out of traditional pay-per-view um, and, and now moving all their pay-per-view over to uh, the ESPN app. So now pay-per-view providers are left without um, UFC, without WWE. Boxing isn't um, nearly the, the pay-per-view attraction that it was years ago. Um, so, I, I, you know, who knows? I wonder if they come knocking to WWE and saying, look, can we, can we make a deal here? Um, and something that, that is worth their time. Um, Let's talk about the historical of WrestleMania. The viewership of WrestleMania is created just that is plenty for looking back on um, 35 uh, of the the uh, greatest attractions of, of WrestleMania, um, the the best matches, the best moments, that kind of thing. When you look back over uh, 35 years of WrestleMania, where is the, the the time that you felt they got it the most right, where everything kind of clicked, the the matches, the hype the venue, the build, all of it, um, and, and you fought, you thought was kind of the, the most fitting um, WrestleMania? You know, it, it's, it's become something so very different from the first WrestleManias. Um, I, you mentioned the WrestleMania in Orlando. I was at that one a couple of years ago, watching from the press box, and WWE does a spectacular job staging these events and making it this huge spectacle. And it's such a multimedia uh, multidisciplinary, all-engrossing event, um, whereas it used to just be a, a big wrestling show. Um, and they both have their own, you know, plus and minuses. But for me, I mean, WrestleMania 1 to 10 is, is where I think was the sweet spot. Um, there's been good moments, great moments, and certainly fantastic matches beyond then. But I, I just think that those early WrestleManias, had the feel that something really special and, and unique was happening, and it was a must-see event. And I haven't felt that feeling for WrestleMania in 20 years, I'd say. I mean, I get excited the day of WrestleMania. I want to see it. I, I, but I, I don't have that same feeling of um, tonight is the night that the whole year revolves around, and all of these storylines that have been built over the past eight months will come to their conclusion. Instead, WrestleMania feels like, all right, it's a good lead-off to the week because we have, you know, takeover the night before Raw. The Raw before WrestleMania, to me, often feels more important to watch than WrestleMania itself because you get the recaps and you begin to see where the next set of programs goes, and there's typically one or two rematches from WrestleMania on Raw. Um, I just, uh, I, I, if I had to choose, I think that, I mean, I love WrestleMania three. Four was a, a really bad one in terms of in-ring quality, but it had that big kind of feel, yeah. Um, although, with the title tournament that they had, you had the opportunity for the rematch, Hogan versus Andre, which they did, but they did a double DQ. And the obvious rematch of Savage versus Steamboat. And for whatever reason, they had Greg Valentine beat Ricky Steamboat, and we, we never got that. Um, yeah. But five, with the Mega Powers exploding, six with Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior. These are matches in, in, in cards I can remember match by match 30 years later. And I struggled to remember last year's WrestleMania. Uh, so I, that's where I think the real sweet spot was. It, it was those early WrestleManias, and the more polished they got, uh, they became a great spectacle, but something got lost in the mix, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think there's something to what you're saying, but but, but uh, I think you also have to consider how different wrestling was back then, right? So, so WrestleMania... Uh, you know, for, for most of, the, of the, that first 10 years or so of it, 
there, there was a handful of, of pay-per-views a year, if that, right? I mean, right through 2000 and – I'm sorry, right uh, through WrestleMania 10, right, because they hadn't even started it in your houses. So you're talking at most they were running four pay-per-views a year. Most of their TV was squash matches on, on weekends, uh, the occasional Saturday night's main event, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, it was a much bigger deal because uh, uh, it was such a rarity to get that level uh, of matches. Now, three hours of Raw Monday night, another two hours of SmackDown Tuesday night and everything else, pay-per-views every three weeks or so. It, it is harder to make it um, feel special. Um, I, I do think uh, a WrestleMania three is – you know, when I think of like what a WrestleMania should look like and feel like, that's probably what I go to uh, in terms of the venue, right? Uh, whatever their phony number is, ninety-three thousand. But but still, I, I mean, as a young wrestling fan, I had never seen anything like that. As big a main event as you could possibly have on top in in Andre and Hulk, some big attractions underneath with Piper's retirement um, and the haircut match and. You know, I think it was a good use of celebrities, Alice Cooper and uh, in Jake's Corner, uh, a lot of fun stuff like that. The the wrestling match, the work rate match in, in uh, Steamboat and, and Savage, and also kind of the sweet spot. I forget what it's, it's probably in the three-hour mark. I, I remember seeing it on, on the big screen at the Nats Coliseum uh, what, 32 years ago. Um, but I do think in the last 10, 15 years, they've come close to it. You know, WrestleMania 17 – uh, I think a lot of people look at it as as one of the, if not the best WrestleMania. Again, the big venue in Houston, big main event, Rock uh, Austin uh, two at, at that point. Um, the big attractions underneath Shane versus Vince and the, the triple TLC uh, uh, match, uh, all that. So, and and other ones and WrestleMania 25 in Houston that that I went to with uh, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. That I still say the greatest match I've ever seen. And other tons of other good stuff in there. So I do think that uh, I like last year's WrestleMania a lot too. I mean, it the problem re- really has been they've gotten too long. I was just talking to Anthony uh, or Tony Nese, uh a couple hours ago um, for for something I'm doing, but him winning the, uh, the the chance at the Cruiserweight Championship at WrestleMania, and we were talking about how long it goes, and and he talked about you know the idea of breaking it up over two nights, and I've heard other people uh, bring that up. Do you think that's something that, that could ever work? I mean, that'd be potentially twice as much ticket revenue if you have to could sell uh, two nights of WrestleMania, four hours each, something like that. No, I mean, it, it already devalues. WrestleMania is already kind of devalued because of the saturation of wrestling out, out there. Splitting the, the peak event into two would even further devalue that. I mean, I think what you do is instead, you know, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a Stephen King novel. If you read some of these mediocre Stephen King novels, like uh, which was the one at Under the Dome, for example, uh, good idea, 1,400 pages long. If he had boiled that down to five or 600 pages, that's an incredible novel. It's just filled with so much filler that just waters it down. And that's WrestleMania now. Instead of trying to make it two different novels and, and two 700-page novels, make it one 500, 600, and, and just really make it a, a spectacular piece of work. I think that's what they ought to do with WrestleMania. Uh, have another night, another, you know, have something the day before on the, the, the Friday before takeover or whatever, and give it some other name. But don't touch WrestleMania. Let WrestleMania be WrestleMania. And just don't have every title defended at WrestleMania and all these multiple-person matches and multiple battle royals and stupid skits. Uh, just have, you know, that 8-10 to 10 match show uh, a sweet spot like you said with WrestleMania three, where you've got a little attraction, the workhorse match, the spectacle match, and, and make it memorable instead of just throwing everything out there and making it this tedious marathon. Yeah, I, I totally understand why they do it. I, I get the um, the business reason uh, for doing it, and and I get at, from an employer standpoint having all these um, employees who want to be part of the show. Um, I, I get why you want to get get as many of them um, on, on the show as possible, but all the rationales aside, all the explanation, when at the end of the night, fans are exhausted and and are looking at their watches, then you're doing something wrong. I don't think there's any two ways about it. I mean, there's, there's just no justification for that much of the audience, 
and it's not a small percentage. I'd, I'd be interested in. I know WWE every once in a while does these, these customer polls and things like that. I don't know if they they put this question out there. I'd be curious if they have what the feedback is. They also know that the sentiment of of you and me and kind of the fighter fans or you know passion uh, fans is different than kind of the, the more casual WWE fans, the ones that. No, they like anything that they're given. So, so maybe they like it seven hours, and they'd like it more at eight, and they'd like it more at ten. So, um, I don't know, but I know from being at these shows, you know, um, seeing the reactions of people around me and on social media, uh, there are, seems to be an awful lot of people who um, are really down on, on this seven hour show, and they're doing more and more of it now. Now it's not even just WrestleMania; they do it at SummerSlam, they do it at the Royal Rumble, these seven-hour shows. So that's what makes me worry that, you know, to separate WrestleMania from the rest of those doesn't end up being eight hours or, or more. And that's just, it's just too much. I mean, um, you, you can't hold your audience that long. Um, do you have a favorite uh, WrestleMania match? Well, I mean, well, I, I'd like, obviously, I would go with something from WrestleMania 1 to 10, but that's kind of comparing apples to oranges. I mean, my favorite one would probably be uh, Piper versus um, Bret Hart, uh, really? just because I thought it was a fun match and a fun build to it. Yeah, it's and it was a little unexpected. It was baby face, baby face. Will one of them turn heel? Uh, I, I did like the Steve Austin Bret Hart match, uh, the double turn on that one. Uh, but the and obviously Savage Steamboat is is the the, the one that set the gold standard. But one of the dark horse matches that I don't think gets enough love is uh, Shawn Michaels against Kurt Angle. Um, yeah. I forget exactly which mania that was at. 21. But 21, okay. I remember watching that match in real time and just thinking, the next time I meet somebody who says, why are you a wrestling fan? Like, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. get it. Well, well, this is the match I want to show them. And, and just, you know, if, if that match doesn't hook them on wrestling, then I, you know, I, I don't know what will. And, um so that's still one of the, my top favorite uh, WrestleMania matches. Yeah, yeah. WrestleMania eight was a, an underrated WrestleMania. You know, you had uh, Bret and Piper, which is terrific. You had Flair and Savage, which is really good. Also, you had the Warriors return, uh, a cool setting in Indianapolis and in, in that dome. And, and you know, they weren't doing yep. that many shows by that point. So yeah, kind of uh, underrated. Yeah, I think uh, I, I I love all the ones you mentioned. I love Hogan Warrior. Um, you know, I think that that match maybe more than any other really kind of solidified my my passion for for uh, pro wrestling. Um, but in terms, just objectively, the greatest match I've ever seen is it still holds up to the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania uh, 25 uh, back in 2009. I just thought an absolute masterpiece uh, of a match. Uh, again, that in terms of the sweet spot, the the length. It was in that 21, 22 minute range. Didn't didn't drag on. The build, the audience. Uh, I remember Sean coming down from the heavens in the white suit, uh, and and Undertaker in the black coming out. Um, all of it was just picture perfect. I mean, it was just the greatest thing I've ever seen. So, uh, yeah. What about what about what about the flip side of that? Do you, do you have a worst match, uh, a least favorite match in WrestleMania history? Uh, I mean, I mean, not to put you on the spot, but yeah, I could give you. Uh, yeah, I think the, the 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 most disappointing. Uh, I think it was disappointing because I didn't expect it to be a good. But a match that absolutely sucked was uh, the main event of WrestleMania 13. Everybody remembers. Um, oh, Sid and Undertaker. Uh, but Sid and Undertaker was just a stinker. You know, I I think people don't talk enough about what a terrible match that was. Yeah, that that one. Uh... If you're to believe the urban uh, legends around it, it, it kind of crapped the bed. If you've if you've yeah. heard that story, it was uh, apparently uh, the, the the rumor, or I think it was Undertaker had said something about it. That Sid had an an accident in his trunks. Is that right? Um, and then he got a whiff of it. Yeah, that at least that's the story. So when Undertaker when when Undertaker hoists him up for the the tombstone, he gets a whiff of it, and you can see Undertaker oh. visibly recoil. So uh, it's a little a little fun Easter egg for those of you out there who you know it, it makes something about watching that WrestleMania worthwhile I guess. Yeah, but yeah, I mean it, I think it's less about bad matches and more about 
disappointing matches because, I mean, there's Uncle Elmer and Adrian Adonis, right? So that's, I don't know if you're going to find something worse than that. But, you know, I think of well, Randy you know, and, and, and Triple H in, in the main event of WrestleMania 25 where, where Michaels and um, and Undertaker worked underneath. That, that match is such yeah. a letdown, you know. And there have been, been a few like that where – And, and I think I think you might have said it, but uh, Brett versus Vince is the one that I was really thinking of. Yeah. The, you know, this huge grudge oh. match, and it was just 12 minutes of the hearts beating on Vince McMahon. I mean, there's no snubbing. Yeah. You know, so yeah. yeah. It wasn't even yeah. cathartic. It was just dumb. Or uh, uh, the Jerry Lawler, Michael Cole match. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, this could be a whole other episode. Yeah, uh, you know, right. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of bad. And, and you know, uh, not, not to dump on the guy too much, but um, it, it, one of the reasons that I get worried about Triple H in particular he's got the completely, uh, you know, ridiculous entrance, uh, and then Bell to bell, it's like, and in some cases, over against some pretty good opponents, and a 50-something-year-old Batista who hasn't wrestled full-time in, um, what, more than 10 years at this point? Um, I don't know. You know, I, I, I just I don't know what this is going to look like. I think it's going to need a lot of smoke and mirrors to kind of get the, uh, the Triple H sting treatment from a years back. A few years back, it, it always it always is with with Triple H. Every match yeah. is oh, it's a you know it's a no holds barred. It's a whatever. You, yeah. And so okay, so you can go out there and swing foreign objects and take rest spots outside the ring and hit each other with chairs with, uh, you know what? It's just it's once you've seen one of those matches, you've seen them all. And Triple H has been doing them for the past decade, and it's yeah. just God, come on. <laughs> yeah. All right, Dan. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate it. Um, uh, I'm sure we'll be back again uh, before WrestleMania. We'll do our picks, go over the whole card, and I'm sure right after WrestleMania, as we've been the last few years, uh, jump on the phone and, and go over it. So thanks so much, Dan. Let's do it. Let's take it. All right. Want to thank Dan, as always, for the uh, fun conversation. Right now, let's uh, listen to another fun conversation uh, I recently had with a man who is going to be taking part in a number of important shows coming up uh, here in the next few weeks with Impact Wrestling. Uh, Again, they've got United We Stand over WrestleMania week, April 4th, at the Rahway Rec Center in Rahway, New Jersey. Um, You can pick up tickets at impactwrestling.com. And then a few weeks after that, uh, Impact Wrestling is back on pay-per-view, April 28th, uh, Rebellion. Um, so check that out. And, uh, one man who's going to be part of both shows is this man. He is a former impact, uh, wrestling heavyweight champion, a former ring of honor heavyweight champion. He is Eddie Edwards. Uh, thanks very much for joining me, uh, again. So, uh, a lot going on with you, uh, as I mentioned, uh, impact is coming here to the New York area for WrestleMania weekend, as is every other promotion. <clears throat> this has become now like a, a fixture of, of WrestleMania weekend where, uh, all the wrestling companies kind of converge uh, in one place. I know you've been part of, of this kind of atmosphere for a number of years now. Uh, what what does it do for you? What does it do for a locker room? Is it uh, especially exciting to be at the epicenter of something where you really have fans from all over the world converging on, on one area? Yeah, you know, it's cool because, uh, you know, there's fans that maybe aren't, you know, aren't familiar with the current product of Impact Wrestling and stuff like that. And it gives us kind of a chance to, to show them to, to bring in a new audience and try to capitalize on, you know, the fact that there is, you know, so many different shows going on and fans from all over the world are coming to that one place. So uh, it's important for us to take advantage and, you know, put on the best show we can and, and uh, show the fans that, you know, that impact wrestling is the place to be right now. And it's also, you know, it's also cool for, myself and for the wrestlers because you know basically every wrestler you know that there is 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 there in new york city and uh, we get to catch up with a lot of guys um people that we haven't seen recently so you know it's it's a good time for all i think yeah it becomes almost like a reunion i i imagine in some cases you get to see folks you worked with uh all over the place right yeah yeah so it's all it's always cool you never know who you're gonna run into but yeah that's the way it is in wrestling and you just kind of pick up where you left off and, and uh, continue on. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, the other news that came out recently is that, that you song signed a long-term deal with uh, Impact Wrestling. Um, some folks are interested to, to see that. I mean, there's there's always kind of speculation and, and rumors and concern about what's going on with Impact. Obviously, you think it's not going anywhere for, for a while uh, to make this commitment. C- can you talk about that decision and, and what you see as Impact's future um, in the next several years? Yeah, I mean, um, Impact has been my home you know, for the past few years and I look forward to being my home going forward. And, uh, I I'm confident in what we're doing as far as, you know, in the ring, you know, backstage and in front office and everything. Um, you know, I've been, I've been through a couple of changeovers with, with impact wrestling. I've done it with, you know, ring of honor and I know, um, it can be good. It can be, <laughs> it can be not so good, but, um, right now the momentum we have with the front office with Anthem I just like the direction that we're going and I like the locker room. You know, I have a lot of close friends back there and um, a lot of new guys that have come in. I'm I'm confident. I'm proud of the product that we're putting on. It's just a matter of, you know, putting it in, in front of people's eyes and then getting that crowd to, to tune in and see that, you know, impact wrestling. It's not, you know, like you said, there's, there's always rumors and everything and, you know, that, that had hurt impact wrestling for so long, you know, especially a few years ago, there was, you know, a lot of, you know, false information coming out, but, uh, and also, also some true information. Um, but right now there's, you know, it's a good place to be. It's a good feel. It's a great atmosphere, you know, backstage with the boys. And, um, it's, it's a good time because, you know, for myself, um, and talking to the front office, we're all on the same page. You know, we, we have that same goal, the same direction and, you know, I'm confident that that's gonna, that's gonna continue on. So I'm excited to see where we can go going forward. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, the things that impact used to get a bad rap for uh, years ago was relying so much on these names that were created in other promotions, whether it was uh, WWE or, or ECW or WCW and not doing enough to, to build uh, homegrown uh, talent and you look at the the roster now, and it's almost all homegrown uh, talent, right? I mean, there there has been a shift. I imagine some of it is by necessity. Um, but but what do you think of uh, the the locker room now and and the vision now of uh, you and and maybe a couple other people probably uh, are uh, as much uh, uh, the 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 names with the most kind of uh, national recognition as as anyone. And then outside of that, it's it's really a lot of people that more casual fans probably haven't heard of. Yeah, I mean that's Impact Wrestling right now. It's giving, I think it's giving a chance to a lot of guys, um, you know, from the independent scene to come in and you know join a uh, TV product and a TV company and kind of see what they can do. And like you said, it's kind of it's giving them a chance to you know show the world what they can do. So okay, you know, kind of works out. Like like you said, some of it's by necessity. There's been you know a, a lot of people. There's a lot of it's an exciting time for us until there's contracts being thrown around, people are signing with different companies. Um, and right now, you know, Impact Wrestling is, is capitalizing on that by, you know, taking this, this independent talent and showing the world that, you know, not only is Impact Wrestling, you know, one of the top places to be, but, you know, wrestling's in a good place in the States. And through independent wrestling, you're finding these stars and they're coming to Impact Wrestling and they're, they're setting it on fire right now. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a bit uh, about uh, your career and, and what you're doing there uh, at Impact. We've seen you take a, a more of a kind of a hardcore edge uh, in the last several months, and, and maybe it dates back all the way to, to last year and the program with uh, Sammy Callahan. Uh, you're a guy who, uh, for as far back as I remember, was, was really kind of uh, touted for your technical ability and being one of the real premier kind of uh, athletes and technicians in the ring. And here you are swinging a, a kendo stick and, and getting into some wild brawls. Um, can, can you talk a bit about that, uh, the, the decision to, to go, uh, in, in that direction? Um, you know, it, it's something that we saw years ago and being really hot in kind of the heyday of ECW and hardcore wrestling, wrestling in, in general has moved away from it, but maybe that also creates an opening, right? Where, where there's not a lot of people doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, like you said, it does, it's, it dates back, you know, to the whole Sammy Callahan thing with, you know, the baseball bat and all that stuff. And it was kind of, uh an opportunity that ended up presenting itself out of, out of, you know, a horrible situation with, you know, the back to the face, but that in turn, 
um, gave us this chance to kind of change my character in the direction that I'm go I was going. And, you know, honestly, it's been, it's been a fun ride because, you know, like you said, in my whole career, it's been the same type of, you know, thing, the same, just, you know, wrestling, good guy, baby face and stuff like that. And, uh, gave me a chance to kind of reach inside, find that edge and kind of see what else we could do and, and try to get, you know, creative with what I'm doing. And it's been, a, it's, it's been a blast because it's been, it's been a chance to be creative. It's been a chance to try something different. It's been a chance to, you know, some things don't work, some things do, but, um, it's been, it's been a fun ride and I'm, I'm excited. I'm happy to, to be where I am right now. And, you know, it sucks that it had to come from uh, you know, a freak accident the way it did, but, um, you know, now there's, you know, there's no long-term injury or anything like that. I'm, I'm kind of happy because I would, you know, I wouldn't be here. Who knows? I don't know what I would have been doing or what direction I would have, I would have gone if, you know, that didn't happen the way it did. So, uh, it's a, it's a prime example of turning lemons into lemonade, I think. And I'm, I'm happy to be where I am right now. And I've been able to do some fun stuff, you know, with Tommy and, um, you know, obviously with Sammy and, you know, just like small things with Raven and now working with Eli Drake and stuff. So, um, it's been a fun ride. It's been a fun, it's been a good chance to tell a different type of story. Um, and it's challenged me to do something different. You know, it's always good to obviously go out there and challenge yourself. And, you know, when, when I found out the direction we're going, I was excited, but I was also, you know, I wasn't sure what I was going to, how I was going to go because I hadn't done it. So, it was a nice challenge for myself, and I kind of look at it as that way. You know, every time we go out there, challenge ourselves, try to do something different. And I feel like we've been able to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and when when you're on the road, I know how many years you've been doing this now, like 15 years or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, a lot of travel. I know it gets lonely out there. Um, you've got uh, the 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 benefit, the, the unique arrangement now of actually being on the road with your wife, right? So. Um, well, yeah. what's that like? Does it, does it make it a little easier? The, the long road trips, that kind of thing, when you, you've got a little bit of a home and, and family with you? Oh, it definitely, does. it makes a huge, huge difference. You know, like you said, there's, you know, there's, there's been so many times I'm driving to the, you know, to take the Charlotte airport, or go to the airport, you know, three in the morning, you know, whatever. And now I get to, you know, I get to do that with my wife and she gets a taste of that. Um, it's, it's fun because, like you said, you know, wrestling is a lot of killing time, you know, between going to shows and traveling and sitting around buildings and stuff like that. There's a lot. I've always said that we're pretty much professional time killers in between the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the in-ring stuff. And uh, so to have her with me, it's it's definitely a ch- It's a nice change because, you know, all of my career, most of my career is, you know, traveling, you know, by myself for the most part. So having her by my side, it's, it's nice. And like you said, it is nice to have a little bit of home life um, on the road. And it also works out for us because we kind of, you know, it's an escape from our home life yeah. to get on the road together. It's a, it's like, you know, mini working getaway type thing. So <laughs> right. uh, we try, we, we, you know, we try to make the most of it, you know, when we're on the road and then when we get back home, it's, you know, back to home life. And uh, we do a pretty good job of separating the two. So, uh, I've been I'm I've been happy with it all and I've I've been happy with what she's been able to do um and the position she's been put in as far as, you know, storyline wise and angle wise. I feel like she's gone out there and delivered. So it's been it's been fun to see that too. Yeah. Yeah, your your life being a uh, your wife being uh, Alicia Edwards, uh, obviously. Uh, uh you had a partner for a long time, uh Davy Richards, and I imagine when, when you were on the road there there was a lot of talking about your match that night or, or a program that's coming up or what you could do differently, maybe critiquing each other. Do you do some of that with your wife as well? Or is, or is it just kind of, you know, husband and wife married stuff? Or do you find yourselves no, again, I, kind of collaborating like two wrestlers? Yeah. I mean, that, you know, that's, that's what wrestling is. That's, you know, I do that with her. I, you know, I do that with my, my close friends. Like, you know, we, we go to the hotel where everybody hangs out and, you know, it's like you said, sometimes talking about, what, what we could have done different and other stuff for what we should try or, Hey, maybe you should try this. And, you know, it's a, it's a lot of give and take. And, you know, me and my wife, it's, it's more of the same. And, uh, I just make sure not to say anything stupid. So I don't get I was gonna slapped, say, I mean, it, it, it's different <laughs> coming from your, your coworker, your friend and your spouse. Right. So if you, yeah. do, do you feel free <laughs> to critique her or her to critique you without maybe hard feelings or maybe, it, you know, getting a little personal? 
yeah, but, you know, that's the, that's the trust that we have in each other. I, you know, I trust her, her judgment and her thinking on stuff, and she feels the same way about me. So, any to any any of her opinions, I, you know, that's something I value, and she does the same for me. And um, it's it's worked out pretty well. So far, there's been no sleeping on the couch yet. So, knock, <laughs> yeah. knock on wood. Knock on wood. So far, yeah. so good. Yeah. So in in the list of things here that that are possible topics that the impact sent along, they they mentioned uh, Boston winning the World Series uh, again. I grew up in the Bronx, a family of Yankee fans, yeah. so I don't want to talk about that. Um, but but that's but, understandable. Uh, <laughs> But but I uh, I am a big fan of Boston. I actually just uh, went there for for a weekend with my family. It's such a great city, and uh, being there, one of the things that struck me is that there there is um, a pretty deep wrestling history there, right? Because I thought of uh, just in terms of modern stars, for, forgetting about years ago, John Cena uh, from the Boston area, Triple H from the New England area, Kofi Kingston, Sasha Banks. Um, so you coming up uh, uh, through there, uh, how much of of that local uh, kind of wrestling flavor and and history and legacy uh, helped drive you into to the sport. I mean, it was uh, it was a big thing at the beginning. Consider I, you know, I started that Chuck Kowalski's you know school of wrestling, which is you know what it was basically the first you know real wrestling school to kind of come about, and you know he, that's where Triple H came from, and you know Big John Studd and Perry Saturn and China and like. You know all these different names that had gone through there, so uh, that was you know that was a big deal for me. And obviously, Killer Kowalski is Killer Kowalski, so to be able to go um, and train there, it was like wow, this is you know this is this is where the other guys have gone. This is where these other stars have, have come from. So um, you know it was important to to see the lineage that has come from the area and try to continue on. I and I'm very proud to be you know, from Boston area for my whole life. And, you know, I love everything Boston. So I'm, I'm happy to promote everything about it. And, and Killer Kowalski school was, that was just the start of it all. Yeah. Did, did you get to interact? I, I mean, I, I'm not sure the timeline here, right? I know he's been gone for, for several years, but did you get to interact with him at all? He was there. He was there. He was there when I started. He was the first, he was the first one in the building, and the last one out. Every time I showed up, he was uh, he was there. He wasn't doing in ring stuff. When I was there, he was. Uh, I mean, he would occasionally, and when he did that, you know, you're kind of screwed when he got out of his chair. But um, yeah, <laughs> was he but, still sharp? No, he was. He, yeah, he was still there. He was still there. Um, you know, he's obviously old at the time, but he was. He'd be outside the ring yelling stuff. Uh, at the time, the head trainer was Slick Wagner Brown. Um, he had taken over the in-ring stuff, but Walter was there the whole time, and um, it was it was cool to see. And he's such a you know he's a great guy, and um, I remember the first time I went in there to check it out to you know see, think about joining or whatever. Um, I was like, he's like, oh, you're gonna join? I told him I, you know, I didn't have the money. He's like, ah, go rob the Seven Eleven. <laughs> Which I didn't do. I didn't rob a Seven Eleven to uh, join the school, but he suggested that. Um, but I'm I'm very proud to be able to say that I came from Killer Kowalski's school. Yeah, yeah, no, that's absolutely a feather in your cap. Uh, one, one last thing on on Boston. Uh, one of the reasons I went there. I'm a huge Cheers fan, and uh, <laughs> me and my kids went we we like binged the entire series of, of cheers over a few months and then uh decided to go drive there to to see it in person and uh uh we did the the two tiers uh, restaurants and the one thing i didn't know was how like touristy a thing to do is that do do the locals go to cheers uh, at all or is it like you know coming to times square here in new york and going to like the m&m store or, or something like that yeah you know, I I have never been to the Cheers bar, <laughs> um, and it's funny because you know people always bring it up, of course, and but you know people from this area do go around there. But yeah, I mean, think over time it's becoming it's becoming much more touristy, which hey, you know it's understandable. It's something that represents Boston, and of course, it's a bar, so that you know that I don't blame you for that one bit. Yeah, I don't think they do enough with with Cheers. I'm like. We're all the Sam Malone jerseys uh, for on sale and all that. I got I got a yeah, Dave Malone uh, signed baseball while I was there, but it's like, where's all the Malone <laughs> merchandise? Yeah. yeah, I know they're missing out. Yeah. Uh, all right, thanks so much. So so again, we've we've got the the Impact uh, show coming here to the the area. It is uh, United We We Stand, which is April fourth uh, in Rahway, uh, New Jersey, and there's also a pay per view coming up, right? 
Yeah, uh, we got the uh, the pay per view coming up at the Rebel Complex in Toronto um, in April as well. And uh, you know, for the United We Stand, it's it's going to be a unique thing because we have a lot of different, you know, it's a, a lot of mixed matches and different talent coming in. It's you know, with the whole weekend, the whole week actually, it's a unique opportunity to to check out some things you may not have, you know, be familiar with. So I, you know, hope people come by and check out United We Stand and you know, Impact vs. Lucha, and we got an Ultimate X match, and we got all that stuff going on. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to that myself. Yeah, one of the cooler things that that's going on, certainly with Impact and, and all of wrestling, is that a lot of these walls have come down, right? And and you do have promotions working with each other, uh, so so you you know you get to see these matches and these combination of stars from different promotions that you could have never seen just a few years ago because again these these artificial boundaries that were set up. Um, and yeah, the pay per view is uh, April twenty eighth, Rebellion, and it is uh, in Toronto. Uh, Eddie, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate it, man. Take care. Okay, man. Bye-bye.